This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Good morning, everyone. Today is the Ilula of Rabbi Itzhak ben Walid. And I want to share with you what I discussed yesterday in the Ilula, is that the greatest, uh, the greatest manifestation of the Ilula is learning the Torah of the Tzaddik, Rabbi Itzhak ben Walid. Itzhak ben Walid lived in the 1800s, and um, he was known for his tremendous humility, his anava, and always running away from positions of honor. He never wanted to take upon himself to be, uh, to be the leader, and it was thrust upon him, and he, uh, he uh, even ran away to Gibraltar at one point in order to run away from it. And um, throughout his lifetime, he had a very close correspondence and kesher with tzaddikim uh, from the generation. Particularly, uh, Rabbi Akov Abichsera, there, uh, there are recollections of him meeting Rabbi Akov Abichsera and uh, exchanging, uh, exchanging letters. When once Rabbi Akov Abichsera returned from all of his travels in Morocco, they came back, they told him, what did you see? He said, I saw many great Rabbanim, but the greatest of all was Rabbi Tzhag bin Walid. And um, in another version, he says, I saw four great Rabbanim, Rabbi Tzhag ben Walid, Rabbi Akov Abitan from Marrakesh, Rabbi Shauri ben Dinan from Fez, Rabbi Yudam Moyal from Mogador. Those are the four great people he said that he saw. Either way, uh, there is one teshuvah that was written in the year Tafresh Yud Aleph. Tafresh Yud Aleph is uh, 170 years ago. 170 years ago, where he has a correspondence with Rabbi Yaakov Abichsera, in Sherot Uchuvot Vayomer Yitzchak Yoredea Siman Ayin. And it's a, it's a fascinating topic that is very relevant, that people don't know about. And I wanted to share with you the perspective of Rabbi Yaakov Abichsera, which is uh, the, the, the lenient position over here uh, against, Rabbi Yitzchak, uh, against Rabbi Yitzchak ben Walid. So Rabbi Yitzchak quotes the following, Siman Ayin. He doesn't write Abu Chatzera, uh, which is that way. Somebody told me it's written in a lot of the PU team as well without the Aleph. Abir, you heard this yesterday, right? It's a Chazara for you. Which is that if you want to give money to a non Jew, so the non Jew should do business with non-kosher food for you. What's the problem with doing non-kosher food? Only basar bechalav is asur Many people don't know that there's an isur de oraita of doing business with ma'achalot asurot. There's an isur de oraita of doing business with ma'achalot asurot. And the question is, let's say you don't do directly business with it, you give a pack of money to a goy, and he does the business for you. Is that also forb- uh, permitted or forbidden? It was a huge controversy. They eventually sent this question to Rav Chaim Palaji as well, and he also weighed in on it. It was a very big discussion at the time. And Rabbi Tzhag bin Walid starts off with the following. He starts off saying that <clears throat> the prohibition of is isur schora b'ma'acholot asurot is a deoraita. Besides two exceptions, if you are going to deal with fat of animal that's not kosher, 
or blood of animal, which is exceptions that are in the Pasuk somehow they're, they're learned from, but obviously that's not very common. Also, Isurid Rabbanan, like cheeses and milk that's not kosher, cheeses, I'm talking about the cheese that's kosher ingredients, but just it was done by a non-Jew. So that's also permitted to do schora with. Or, uh, right, so so uh, wine as well. Wine is only dirabanan. In other words, wine is... So anything that's kosher is just asur dirabanan. There's no isur schora. Isur schora is only going to be on isure de oraita. Right? I think wine fall, would fall into that category. Double check that. But, um, <clears throat> so... So Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi Yitzhak starts from quoting many different sources, the Mishnah Melech, Rav David Pardo, and others that prove that Isur Asurot is the Oraita. And if so, he says the following. What's the reason why you're not allowed to do Shura B'Machalot Asurot? The Rashba says that the reason why you're not allowed to do Shura B'Machalot Asurot that the Torah forbade it, is because you're going to come and eat it. Good. You remember this. Because you may come to eat it. And if you may come to eat it, the Torah said it was a sur. So, contended uh, Rabbi Yaakov Bechsira brought down in this teshuvah. Well, again, we don't have, I don't think we have this teshuvah from Rabbi Yaakov Bechsira. But he contended that if that is the case, that you shouldn't have a problem over here because you're just giving the money for the goy to deal with uh, with the uh, with the schoda, but you're not you're not you're not you're not uh, dealing with it yourself. There shouldn't be an issue. That was Rabbi Akova uh, um claim. Apparently, comes along Rabbi Shag ben Walid and he says, "I'm reading Dibura Madchil Lamadnu Medivrei Rabzal." He brings from the Sefer Chavot Yair. The Chavot Yair, one of the great Achalonim. Was discussing uh, was discussing this prohibition, and he said that even if you're not going to come to eat it, he was talking about that type of a case. So comes along, Rabbi Yitzhak ben Olin, says the following. Although that's the reason, and you would apply the reason that he might come to eat it, and it doesn't apply whenever you give money to a non-Jew to invest, that's only, that's only if we follow the opinion of darshina ta'ama dikra that you're allowed to, uh, that, that you could take the reason and extrapolate, uh, um, uh, extrapolate different re- uh, different parameters from that reason, like Rabbi Shimon does a lot of time in Shas. But we don't follow the opinion of Rabbi Shimon darish ta'ama dikra. We don't follow we don't follow that opinion of Rabbi Shimon de darish ta'ama dikra. And if we don't follow that opinion, there was once a Rosh Shiva. His name was Rabbi Shimon. That was, his name was Rabbi Shimon. He got up and they said, Rabbi, you're saying all these things on your own. He says, I'm allowed. My name is Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon would always uh, say his own reasons. So, 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 so he says, we don't, we don't follow that. And if the Rajba already made uh, different parameters because of that reason, it was because it was built in to the heter that Chazal gave. But not everywhere where a person's going to say that, that, okay, this is the reason, so therefore I can do this and this. 
One of the big things that 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 was discussions that are relevant to this: Are you allowed to be in the business of tanning furs that have non-kosher animals, tanning furs and selling furs? It was a common business then, right? Selling fur pelts, right? Pelts a a a a fur. So one of the uh, one of the heterim that they gave is that is that it's not you're not selling the animal for its for its meat. You're selling it just for its fur. For a, Technicality of it, that's not called Surah bin Makhlat Asura. Says Rabbi bin Walid, that's not comparable to here, because over there, you're using those first for something that's not food, but over here, the guy is doing business for food. That's not going to be allowed. Right, for tefillin, exactly. But with tefillin, there's an interesting halacha, which called is that whatever you use for tefillin has to be mina mutar bepicha. It has to be something that you'd be allowed to eat, technically. It doesn't have to be, it has to be a kosher species. But it has, it has to be a kosher species. You know what happened recently in in the, uh, this is in the in the early two thousands. There was a big, big controversy in Israel because they found out that the that the animals that they would shecht for meat in Uruguay was the zabu animal. It was very similar to the cow, but it had a hump. It was a very it was very similar, but it was a different species. And there were some poske ashinas that said that just like by fowl you have to have a tradition. So based on a chokhmat adam, also by animals, by 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 um, by uh, animal like cows, you also have to have by behemoth. You also have to have a tradition, and therefore many on, on the market it became a whole controversy. People stopped eating meat overnight because they said it's coming from the zabu animal, and it all started because the question was asked because people are using the zabu animal for tefillin, and maybe it's not minamotar bepicha, and that's how it. Evolved into the big question. Sfaradim didn't have this issue because Sfaradim hold that you don't need a tradition for animals as long as it has the split hooves and it chooses its cut. It's kashed. Right. It's okay. kashed. Right. If you if you if you if you uh, a cow and, and that cow was not kosher, you could still use its 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 meat to chill it. I I'm I'm <coughs> I have to double check that. I have to double check that. I have to double check that. Okay, so. So it comes along and he says, the Chachama Posek says that since Maran holds, you're allowed to raise animals in order to, to, to for, for this, their meat, that's only because you're not using it for food. But if you're going to use it for food, there wouldn't be such a hit there. And therefore, and therefore, the Bishchak bin Walid, after he goes through all of the different proofs of Rabbi Yaakov Abichsirah, he ends off, and he says like this, even telling a non, if it's asur for you to do, you're not allowed to tell a non-Jew to do, and it's like, and he says, "Klala ole de al nidon haba b'shelav v'noten lagoi maot liitasek b'nevelut v'od en lehatir laasot ken lechatechila." You shouldn't be matir to do that. And although he does, he does seem to imply that b'diavali would be allowed. Now, I, they asked me yesterday, "What about owning stocks? Owning stocks is a different uh, is a different uh, level. Owning stocks in a company because there are some poskim that say stock ownership is not a real ownership." It's not a real ownership. It's not considered like you're doing Also, owning in a portfolio of many different other things and part of those, owning part of a portfolio that some of those things are, are machalot asurot would also be allowed. And the reason is, is because there's a heter regarding doing business. It's only if 
that's your main business. But for example, if an animal came to you, a non-kosher animal came to you, like it wasn't part of your business, but it got caught in the net, and then what are you going to do with a, a non-kosher uh, a non-kosher hippopotamus? It's, you can make $3,000 on it. You're allowed to sell it. That's not a problem. Because it's, it's not your business of selling... It's not, it's not like you're... You can't do a business of selling hippopotamus meat. I don't know if that's what you want to do in your life. No, but the main business... But if your main business is to sell machalot asurot, that everybody holds it. That's the shukhan aruch that it's asur. The question is giving money to a non-Jew. Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov, held was allowed, Rabbi Yaakov, held was forbidden. And owning stocks is not a real ownership. And having a portfolio is allowed. Even though, even according to Rabbi Yitzchak ben Walid, that says it's forbidden to give your money to, to non-Jews, but over here, you, even if you're giving it to a Jew, but it's not that that's the main part. That's like part of the portfolio that comes in because you have all other stocks. That would be allowed. You understand? That would be allowed. Even if you would say that it's a more of an ownership. And another thing, so Moshe Feinstein also allows if you're a delivery man for non-kosher. For example, let's say you're an Uber driver. For non-kosher food, I've been asked this question before. So Rosh Hashanah has has a has, has a uh, has, has a tshuva about this, and he says that since it's in back of your truck, you're not going to eat the meat, and you're not an owner, it's okay. Both things. So you're not an owner, and you're not going to come to eat the meat. So if you're a chef at a restaurant, even though you don't own the meat, it's asur. Or if you are the owner, even if you're not dealing with it, it's asur. Let me describe what he writes, and it seems to be Rosh Hashanah would agree to that. But if you don't have both, then it would be allowed. So that's what happened over here. This is what the Bitzhag bin Walid writes. It's a fascinating uh, sh- uh, correspondence they, that they had uh, that they had between them. And as I mentioned, the Bitzhag bin Walid was one of the great lights of Dayanut in, that we had in Morocco. And his Kiddushah Tahara was well known. Yiyeh zikru baruch. Amen You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.